0: warriors bold brave and beautiful thank you so much for joining us on this warrior podcast where we at women to warriors are all about energizing encouraging equipping and empowering you woman warrior for your eternal purpose and you're joining us for a mug monday this was filmed uh back in um january and you're joining us with um with a girl, a gal pal, Wendy. Uh, She's sharing her story, her warrior journey, and what a journey she has been on. So grab a mug and join us. You can um, hear from her story anywhere from physical abuse to drug addiction, alcohol addictions, loss of her military son. She has a strange daughter in her life. I mean, poor woman. Wow, she's been through a lot, but I love it because this is her warrior journey, and she's definitely going to share it with us. This is going to be a two-part Series on that, um, and you'll get to see all, hear all that in this, in this two-part series. But just know that the interview went on for about an hour and a half, and usually we definitely film under an hour. So enjoy this Mug Monday. Our story today, and um, and we're gonna also chat about it being our mug. So we're a mug. This is our mug, and then our mug is our cups, and so we drink out of them. Share a little story about well, how do we get our,
1: how do we get our mug. So I want to hear about your mug. My mug has the serenity prayer on the front part of it. That's really neat. And uh, I got this while I was in rehab. Oh, wow. Five years ago, December 1st, I walked into Brighton Centers for Recovery okay. as an extremely drunk, sick alcoholic. Wow. And during my time, I spent two weeks there, 15 days. Okay. And during that time, I uh, got sober. That was five years ago. I'm still sober. And I saw this mug on the shelf, and I thought, you know, what better way to remind myself of where I've been and where I have to go. And the serenity prayer has been near and dear to my heart for years, so it just just kind of fit. And I thought the waves on the bottom kind of represented the seas of change. Oh, that's good. And the stars kind of represented the sparkle and shine I wanted to have at some point in my life. So this is literally my inspiration cup. I love that. All right,
0: so that is so cool. So let's let me show it. If you want to Absolutely. twist it around there. So and then serenity prayer. What does this say? Say that part on there, so they can
1: be it. God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Oh wow! Really fabulous congratulations for that and mine just
0: says a simple with love <laughs> but this da- came my daughter got me four mugs um and it, and it has different sayings on each one this one says with love and then I always have these little quotes right here it says don't let the noise of others opinions drown out your inner voice oh that's beautiful boy I, that I, I, I need that after the week I had really okay so cherry spice <laughs> that's right there you go that's what you're drinking today well let's cheers on for our for our mug monday filmed on saturday <laughs> so wow powerful so
2: i would love to hear your story and i'm gonna skip back a little bit and i know you like it you're gonna sit properly
0: this way, because look how beautiful she's dressed, y'all, she looks so good, I'm dressed very comfy today, um, but anyway, I want to hear your story, and I don't know even if, you know, if you've been, if you grew up here or not, in Hastings. I did not, I'm okay.
1: originally from California, oh, I wow. was, I was born as an army brat, okay, in Texas, okay, and we moved around a lot, okay. I went to five different kindergartens, we moved around so much, five different yeah. kindergartens, yeah, I was always the all new in one kid. year, yes, <gasps> I was always the new kid in school, and uh, I was raised up in the Middle East, Middle East San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. And then uh, I believe it was my sixth grade year we moved down to uh, Fresno, California. Okay. And that's where I spent uh, the next several years until I moved out here in November of ninety five. Wow. Now, what brought you from California to Michigan? I had began recovery as a drug addict. Okay. Um, almost two years before I moved out here mm-hmm. and I was going through some really difficult emotional and mental issues at the time and I decided to, uh, I needed to get out of California. I needed to change the people I knew, the places I knew, the things I knew in order to keep myself clean. Okay. And I packed up the kids and everything we could fit in two suitcases and a cardboard box and. I am in Michigan. Wow. Wow. Okay. So back up even that story. So when you're
0: in California, what changed your life and what was going on when you were growing up that, so how long, I mean, drugs and alcohol, so did that affect you in your life? Uh well, <laughs> well we're getting, we're getting to the meat right away. That's we're all right. It That's, all right. That's I, right. I told you I'm
1: an open book. Yes, there you did. And if uh, you want to talk about any of your childhood, your mother, what could you build that way, or anything to talk about, we're going to talk about oh, today. Alcohol was actually in, introduced in my life from the moment I began TV. Wow. Mom wow. used to take, and this was an old remedy for years. Oh, sure, sure. She would take whiskey or okay. whatever we had around the house and rub it on my gums. Okay. Uh, so, is that an acquired
0: taste at that point that you uh, kind of learned? You know,
1: I honestly, I was a little young to remember <laughs> yeah. that, you know, teething and just a yeah. few months old, but growing up, Dad would let us have a sip off of his beer or even a taste of his whiskey or something. Dad was a uh, disab- disability retired Vietnam veteran. Okay. and uh,
0: He's the one you travel with all
1: your, with, with, with coaches, right? He, uh, well, we, we had our ups and downs. okay. Uh, dad and I were constantly each other's buddy, running partner. You know you talk about having a ride right or die, that's my dad and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Dad's never really been in good health. He lost his kidney when I, one of his kidneys when I was seven. Mm-hmm. But he was also a very mentally and emotionally disturbed Vietnam veteran. Um, flashbacks. Alcohol issues, mm-hmm. you know, so many of the things that many of the Vietnam veterans have gone through I'm proud to say he's a success. He found the Lord in his journey. Wow. He is actually an ordained deacon Oh, uh, wow, that's amazing! So, you know, he's definitely had his troubled journey as oh, well and In a lot of degree he fed my journey. Okay uh, We were drinking buddies what, what age and, did you start doing that? Oh, good grief. I can remember drinking beer with my dad when I was six and seven years old. He poured a little bit in a glass. Mm-hmm. And we I just thought I was all, that. Guy, I got <laughs> to have beer with my dad. None of right. my other friends did. And later on in life, um, I was not given a good toolbox of how to deal with life. Or how to be a Mm. grown-up. My mom didn't really have time for me. She was too focused on my sister and other things. Uh, To this day, she only calls me if somebody's dead or if uh, I haven't called her in several months, then she'll get around to calling me. Mm. So, you know, my mother and I have a very tumultuous relationship, Mm. but Dad and I are still just as thick as ever and so Could I, I was,
0: presumptuously say was it something between the two of you that maybe she was ahead of some uh, maybe a jealousy of the relationship I mean that's totally a you guess. you know, know I'm
1: not sure if it was a jealousy of the relationship or you know I was ridiculed my whole life for not being the little lady oh okay. I wasn't ladylike enough I wasn't prim and proper um, I was the kid that was out, outside in the mud puddles, and mm-hmm. I was dad's little grease monkey. I was okay. raised on the back of dad's bike, a okay. uh, parts runner when he was working on cars. Okay. You so know, that just... I, I was born to be the son my dad never had and raised to be the man that son should have been. Hmm. And my mother and her side of the family did not care for that at all. Hmm. You know, I, I wasn't a white lace kid. I Easter Sunday Mom was fit to be tight when I had on my pretty white eyelet lace dress and my frilly sockings and you remember those slick patent leather shoes yeah. we all busted our rear body on unless Mom remembered to take sandpaper to the bottom. All dressed up on an Easter Sunday and Mom didn't tell me we were going to church. It wasn't something we did on a regular basis. And here I go parked out on my rear end in the middle of a grease puddle with a handful of wrenches ready to help Dad work on the cars. Oh my gosh. So oh, cute. Mom was fit to be tied, and Dad <laughs> stood there laughing. It was not a good day.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But I love that you wanted to help your dad. I loved, I always helped my dad and did things like that too. But I wasn't as, I wasn't as, I don't know if the word Wish sounds good or not, but you know, that's what
1: the day, a word was back in the day. Mm-hmm. was oh, oh, boy, yeah. I thought it was normal, yeah, yeah, uh, I love it. but it was maybe for you normal. I
0: mean, that's normal to me. I mean, it was, who cares? Like, why do we have to put ourselves in a box, yeah, right? I, I mean, normal it.
1: to me is a word that's forbidden in my house. We call it the <laughs> right. N word. Yeah. You, know, right. you use that N word in my house. Uh, I've never been what society would call normal. Right. I've always been outside of the box. Yeah, I've always that. been outside of the group. I've always been not part of the in crowd, which is fine with me because the ones in the in crowd are what I consider the out crowd. Right, right. right. Um, I've never been one to really care what people think. I'm me. Yeah. What you see is what you love get. Love me for what, you,
0: what I am. Love right. me
1: or hate me, but either yeah. way, I am what I am. Right. Um, and then growing up, Mom and Dad split up several times. Okay. Uh, And splitting up, not divorce, just splitting, like separating? Several times in my early teens and then I was probably about 15 when Mom moved out for the last time and I decided I was staying with my Dad. And as she pulled out of the driveway with her vehicle load of things, my dad poured two whiskey and sevens and set them on the table. And I'm not going to use the graphic language he did at that time, yeah, right. but he said, it's a man's world out there. You better learn to uh, deal with it like a man, drink up, and use the B word. Mm-hmm. like, okay. That's where my actual mm-hmm. drinking journey began. Mm-hmm. And, um, Were you the only sibling that stayed? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay.
3: And that was your um,
0: choice or their choice? That was or my did? choice. Your choice, okay.
1: Later on down the line, mom tried to force me to have to go with her. Okay. And I told her and the courts and the attorneys and everybody involved that the minute they took me out of my dad's house and put me with my mom, I was going to end up being a runaway they'd never find. Mm-hmm. And so it was eventually left as it was. Okay. Um, not that dad was a real healthy influence at the time. Right, right. Um, so those were buddies and at the you know, time you thought that that you were. Well, and this was in the 80s, okay. where parents didn't immediately get locked up for drinking parties. Okay. And my dad would rather have me at home with my friends gotcha. under lock and key and everybody's keys taken away and gotcha. in a safe environment than as he found out we were all going to go out to the trellis and have a kegger out on the old railroad track that was never used anymore. So dad hosted a couple of my keg parties mm-hmm. and uh, you know, many parents are just shocked and dismayed that a parent would do that. In the 80s that was something a lot yeah. of parents did Absolutely. and if the police showed up for some reason they would just tell you, keep the kids inside, turn the music down. Right. We're glad you're keeping everybody safe, but right. you know, and that's not our world today, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I did end up graduating high school. I uh, don't know how. how? I did. <laughs> oh <laughs> <And> no! <laughs> I even managed to pull it off with a C plus average. Wow! I, I I still to this day do not know how I managed to do that. Wow! Um, I I worked a lot my junior and senior year in high school that was uh, needed there were a few things that had happened in my life with my dad and I that um, he and my first stepmother actually went through a period of physical rehabilitation and what I brought in kept our house afloat. So I was very tired in my junior and senior year because I was working a fast food restaurant plus doing paper routes. And I was getting roughly an hour sleep a night. Wow. Um, between trying to stay awake to do homework, getting up at 3.30 in the morning to handle a 350 paper route, uh, getting out of school, going to work at the restaurant, what have you. Um, again, not taught really good coping mechanisms mm-hmm. for that. I just, I used work and school and books as my escape. From the life I was leading. Um, Were drugs and alcohol playing a part of any of that? Alcohol? Yeah, it was a, I could go home from school and grab a beer anytime I wanted it. Right. I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but was I, it a necessity
0: to do that? No, okay, no at gotcha. that point it, it wasn't, wasn't
1: a necessity for me because okay. I was disgusted by how much my dad drank. Oh gotcha. Um, I can remember one weekend when I was a kid when him and his best buddy went through seven cases and yes I mean 24 packs. Of beer and three half gallons of Jack Daniels in one weekend while they were working on a car. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So when I grew up, got out of high school, I got out of high school and immediately hooked up with a guy that uh, I actually met after we had noticed each other walking across the street. Okay. And we were going opposite directions. Okay. Um, went out on a date, and it was, it was on from that point. Okay. And that was the summer of 86. I was pregnant by December of 86. Okay. Um, well, by by the end of December in 1986. Um, we got married 22 days before Daniel was born. Okay. And we got divorced nine months later. Wow. Um, he was abusive. my son in that time we had both become drug addicts Mm -hmm. uh, methamphetamines and uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say but I did it and and my whole point of being here is to inspire somebody else who has been on this hopeless helpless dark journey to let them know there's light out there I nursed my child while I was using methamphetamines and You know, I still think to this day that's why he had a lot of the hyperactivity issues Mm -hmm. he did and behavior issues he did as a kid. Right. Um, Danny was born in August of 87, I started using in October of 87. And for me that was, that was the beginning of six years of use and abuse Mm -hmm. of many different drugs. My, how did you guys pick up those drugs to start anyway? Like, how
0: did well, you? How, how did you get introduced to those? Anyway?
1: My my husband at the time knew what they were, knew what it was about, and some okay. people had come over to the apartment and uh, broke just it out. Party stuff. Okay, just broke okay. it out. It Are was kind of like a party atmosphere, okay. and I had a cousin that committed suicide from a op- opium and heroin addiction. Hmm. I. Uh, swore I was never going to become that person. And I adamantly at that point that night just said, No, you guys do what you're gonna do, but I'm not. Right. Well I ended up getting roped into it. Don't knock it if you haven't tried it. You right. can't talk peer so pressure stuff. You can't talk mm-hmm. junk if you haven't tried it. Right. You know, um it's not that bad. And you're a new mom at this point. Like you just have the baby. I right? just had my yeah. first child wow. two months before this. Right. So uh So I tried it. Right. And I crashed so hard when I came down from that high. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even funny. I swore I wasn't going to be doing that again. Right. Well, for the next six years, that's pretty much all I did. Wow. And when my husband and I divorced nine months after we got married, we had made an attempt to stop using and he did nothing but sleep night and day. I had to go to the store and saw through my living room window that the baby had started crying. Daniel was nine months old at this time and had started crying because I left without him. And my husband came flying out of the bedroom and took a full arm swing across the baby's backside, left a handprint on the back of his thighs, bounced him off of his crib mattress, stuffed a bottle in his face, and there you rotten little, uh, delete the expletive, uh, go to sleep and shut up and i heard him screaming this screaming this at the baby through the window needless to say that man was evacuated from my house within the next two hours and never returned um he saw daniel one time when he was seven years old in the 19 years almost 20 years that daniel was on this earth after that and that was for three he never came back, he never called again,
3: never wow. got into
1: contact again. Wow. So, that's where the drug addiction
0: started. Wow. And then...
1: So even then, after
0: that, you didn't break
1: free from the no. drugs, you just kept on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you said six um, years. I ended up, and some people who've been there will say, oh my God, no way, but oh my God, yes. Yeah. I did an eight ball a day. Okay, I don't know what an eight ball is. An eight ball is about three and a half grams. Think of uh, your Splenda packets. Okay. Are one gram a piece. Okay. So figure three and a half of those. How, how are you doing
0: this? Through your nose? I, bega- I
1: began using it up oh, my nose. Okay. And I got to the point that I burned my sinuses out so bad and the blisters in my sinuses were so bad, I would actually put it in a tissue, in a square tissue paper and swallow it like a pill or drop it in my coffee and add a little more sugar. And do it that way. So did you figure this out on your own? Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well. Um,
1: it it was
0: by any means possible. Right, absolutely. Uh, because what were your emotions and feeling? Why were you using what was you what can you recall that why you were doing those things? Depression? I mean, were you just needing it for, for energy? What was your you know, I honestly
1: don't know. Oh, okay. I honestly don't know because I turned my emotion, many of my emotions off mm. because mm. I, I didn't know how to deal with them. Mm. I don't know how to deal with grief or mm. depression or um, so even, happiness, even happiness and excitement was something that I didn't know because it was curtailed as a kid.
3: Mm. When we
1: got too noisy or too excitable, we mm. got shut down and told to be quiet so i I didn't know how to be a happy person or a sad person. um I just knew how to be numb mm. and maybe that's the key phrase right there. Yeah. maybe I was just trying to stay numb right, um, right. you know mm. not not necessarily a Christian artist, but Pink Floyd did the, the song comfortably numb
3: mm. and it was
1: about a heroin a, a heroin experience mm. But mentally and emotionally, that's where I stayed a big portion of my life, was just trying to stay numb.
0: Because yeah. um, life is hard, and you had a hard life, and it was a moment to stay numb so that you could li- try to live through what you were going through. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't
1: make it right, but, you know, <laughs> right or wrong. You know, right know long, coping but, you know, by any means coping. necessary, yeah. and if wow. I had learned anything in growing up, is drugs and alcohol were a way to cope. Right, absolutely. You know, that Experience was a way that. to uh, sustain. Right. Absolutely. And just exist without existing. Wow. Uh, that went on for about six years. And with your son as you're raising him as a second Oh, parent. I had a daughter and got married a second time in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, and again, some of your ladies will probably relate, I have more divorces under my belt and should be legal. I have been married and I'm divorced sorry. four times. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one time I married who I thought was my forever partner, um, he, let's just say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He completely traumatized my ability to trust hmm. and took away any positivity I had in trust a male human being. Wow. And it was extremely... And which husband was a psychologist? Number three. Three.
0: Okay, because if you're married for the fourth time, then somehow that... Thank you, hallelujah. I'm currently married to the fifth. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) I've got four divorces. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> and again, true to my dad, I've got one more marriage than him right now, but true to my dad, I never left one relationship without having another one ready to begin. Okay, gotcha. Uh, being alone was physically painful. It was unfamiliar. Silence would actually hurt me. I had to have noise, whether it was music or the television or... Uh, some semblance of chaos, anything that created some kind of... The baby, were swear enough, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes the babies has got to be too much, and I drink and use even more. I'll be right. honest. No, okay? no, right, right. You know, kids are tough. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my, my son having ADD and... Uh, this is Daniel at first. Yes. Christmas. Okay. Being majorly... A behavior problem up until he was about 12 years old wow. was just a stress and a strain enough but I had an episode at the end of October in 93 that was so psychotic but yet it was so real mm. um, I was telling you about this earlier when I had been loaded and bombed out of my mind I was laying in my bed. Okay. I was married to my second husband at the time. My daughter was two. Okay. And my son was, I believe he was about six. Okay. Five or six. Okay. And, no, he would have been six. He was born in 87, this was 93. Okay. And I'm laying in my bed, and I, I hear a crackling and a grumbling almost like a uh, rumbling noise. Okay. And I open my eyes and I'm looking around and there are these little things I later discovered to be what I've always called demons. Okay. Okay. Surrounding my bed. Mm. And they're giggling. And they're pointing. And and they're laughing. And Mm. I look up and all I can see is this a huge being with large horns coming out of the side of its head mm-hmm. but it has no face right and this face is just swirling and morphing kind of like if you've ever watched the um, Oh fooey Terminator movies okay and where the guy actually has this liquid met- metallic Oh, yeah, yeah, to him right. and it just kind of swirls and morphs into something else that's what this face looked like. Wow. And but there was no facial features to it and this deep dark heavy voice and and mm. to think of a sound being dark and heavy is just odd but that's the only description I've ever come up with for it and these lack Got you now. Mm. You're mine, little one, and you'll never break free. Wow. And I, (sighs) I, I just laid there. I couldn't move. Right. I was like paralyzed. Right. What? What am I? What am I seeing? This can't be real. And I'm shaking my head. No, no. It, it's real. Wow. And really think on it eventually demons and this thing just went away and would you have like night terrors at all oh I had night terrors for years even after I got clean okay okay um to this day my husband my current husband, <laughs> yes, yes, will not wake me up by touching me. He will open the bedroom door and holler at me because I have almost dipped him a couple of times. Wow. Waking wow. me by touching me. Right. Wow. Um, there are people that have actually gotten a good solid punch across the jaw for w- touching me by waking me up. Wow. Or wow. waking me up by touching me. Yeah. So I don't know if I passed out, if I went sleep or what happened but I eventually recall sitting up on the bed and there was a notebook to my right side and as I'm reading it it's in my handwriting huh and I had written things like um, having had a dream of lining certain people in my family up against a wall and shooting at them and looking at the blood spatter and laughing I had actually had a dream of being so fed up with my kids, I threw one of them outside of the out the second story plate glass window of my apartment and watched him bounce on the concrete. And in this dream, I'm laughing at the vision of my child bouncing off of the concrete and their head cracking open. And I lost it. I, I completely lost all sense of composure and I went to the local mental health authority in, Hel- in Fresno at the time. And I'm telling the therapist, lock me up for the next 72 hours because something's not right going on here. Okay. And we started going over my drug history and my alcohol history. And he handed me a meeting schedule and told me I was an effing drunk and an alcoholic to go to a meeting. See you later. Wow. <laughs> that's, wow. Well, that, but this is that time back that's then That's what the public health system right. called mental health at that right. point in time.
3: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, by all rights, I was not in my, my right mind. I was not safe. I knew I wasn't right. safe. Right, right. Here you are willingly giving yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> I, you right. know, I'm saying, dude, I'm yeah. not right in ahead head. Lock right. me up and help me fix this. Yeah, right. And I get told to go on my merry way with an AA schedule. I didn't use again after that. Don't ask me why I did not use methamphetamine. And for you to go cold
0: turkey, so to speak, like that is so hard. I mean, not that I know that, but what I witnessed is things.
1: It was difficult. Wow. And so I went home, and I'm just beside myself. What am I going to do? Right.
0: You know. Where are you at this time? You're still raising your two kids? Yeah, I've still
1: got the kids. Mm -hmm. And at this point I'm like I'm trying to get help and nobody wants to help me what is wrong a week later I uh, started an outpatient drug rehabilitation program good for you to keep on pursuing and, uh, since that t- that was 27 years ago wow and I have never touched methamphetamines or LSD or cocaine. Since wow, that is awesome. Good uh, for you. Not to say I did. So it's obviously a good
0: program because I've seen a lot of relapses. Actually, it was a terrible program. It was a terrible program. I had, it was. <laughs> it was a so terrible. worked for you though. Well, it worked for me because, because you I have succeeded decision. in
1: spite of them. Yes. Okay. Because my story didn't doesn't have the drama at that point of. I lost the job. I spent all this time in jail. I lost the kids. My husband left me. I crashed a car. I slept in the sewer. I didn't have all that chaos and drama. Okay. So when I would say what was going on, I would get told I wasn't being real mm. because I didn't have enough turmoil mm. and enough chaos in my story. Mm. So I'd turn on the waterworks, I would make up a story, I'd bawl like a baby, and they ate it up. Oh my gosh! Wow! (laughs) They ate it up. They... Now doesn't it feel good to be honest and really get these out? (laughs) Yeah, yeah it does. Wow. Uh, the biggest argument my mother and I ever got into was at a family night. Through that, she had come on Wednesday night to be a part of it and topic of her nephew, my cousin, molesting me came up. Mm. I didn't realize or recall this happening until I was 23 mm. and I had had my own dog. Mm. And I don't even remember what it was that... Some kind that of trigger. Brought the, some yeah. trigger brought this flashback back and all, uh, all of a sudden I am seeing myself in my grandfather's garage in my room at my house at the ages of like five to nine and all of the I'll spare you the graphic details but all of the things that were done and I called my mom when I had the flashback and the recollection of what had happened and I said uh you know I gotta talk to you because I had all of this just flashed back on me and I need to ta- I need I, I need to talk to my mom about this. Yeah, right. I was not in touch with my dad at the time. Okay. There was a fifteen year spread that my oh. dad and I had absolutely no contact with each other.
3: Wow.
1: Um I couldn't stand to see what he was doing to himself anymore. Gotcha. He couldn't stand to see what I was doing to myself anymore. Gotcha. And we didn't even sever like saying, "Okay, that's it. I'm done. Goodbye." We just yeah. quit talking. Oh, okay. We just quit communicating. Period. Okay. Um, and so I call my mom and I say, "Hey, mom, this is come back. This particular nephew of yours, my cousin, did these things to me, and I'm having a little trouble dealing with it." And I received absolutely no validation, no confirmation. My mother's phrase was, well, given what was going on in so-and-so's life at that time, I could see where that would happen. Wow. Wow. Mom, don't you understand? I just told you your nephew molested me. Your nephew touched me inappropriately and had me doing things to him that were very inappropriate for a six to nine, five, six to nine-year-old child to be doing. Yeah, well, you gotta understand what was going on with him at that time. I'm sorry. And to this day, that's 20, you know, 30 years ago. And, and still not that, that, that is still an open wound for me. And part of the reason that my mother and I are not close. Yeah. So we're sitting at this family night and this comes up, and, and the family night is at the ther- this is at the, at the, at the, is the, at the therapy yes. therapy session, and okay. this is where the addict and alcoholic mm-hmm. and their group and their at least one family member shows. Okay, up and we start addressing family issues. Right. Okay. So that we, as the addicts and alcoholics, can learn to start confronting things and not have to use. Okay. Gotcha. And. I lost my stuff on my mom that night I said you know and at this point I did not have that in my life as hard much as I do now so I had a mouth that would make a sailor blush. Okay. And I'll clean up the language uh, extremely here but I asked my mom what in the world is it going to take for you to believe me? Right. Do you want details? Do you want me to tell you about grandpa's garage and the old ratty chair and the um, ratted out old quilted blanket that was out there that I used to wrap up in when I would sit in the garage with grandpa, but you know, my cousin used it for this purpose. Do you want to know about the time in my house, in our house, in my very bedroom when he closed the door and exposed himself and asked me to kiss it? Do you need these details? Do you want to know what I was wearing? Oh, by the way, the chair was sitting next to grandma and granny's, uh, chest freezer. Is that enough for you to finally believe me? Well, I didn't know what to think, mom says. You, you have come up with so many wild lies and stories throughout the years. I, I just have never known what to believe and I still don't. Okay. So is it in her
0: defense, not the dumb defending right, her, right. but is it also because of all the drugs and all of the all the things that she's seen in your life that that's like another thing that she just is like, how do I believe this? Watching I, you go through those things, you know what I mean? I wish I could give her that much credit. No, I mean, I don't want to give
1: her credit you know, at all for that. Because to but, 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 that kind of right, story, I, comes I'm up with that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I wish I could give my mother that yeah. much credit, but I can't. My mother is a being of denial. Mm. She still swears my dad didn't drink as much as he did. My dad admits it.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah. Um. So she, kind of like always like a sugar-co- sugar-coated person. Always absolutely. Like, fills it up absolutely. Deni- denial. Absolutely. It's not even sugar-coated. It's denial. Yeah, it's completely. too bad it wasn't really like that.
3: Wow.
1: So. And she's still like that.
3: Oh, wow.
1: So there's got to be something in her own life
0: that... Um, snowballed that to be how she is. Of course, she doesn't talk about it. She won't talk about it. And
1: that's, that's
3: gonna
0: be she awesome. doesn't talk about it. But I'm glad that you're like talking that. about it. Yay you. <laughs> you know,
1: if, if we don't talk about these things, right. we, don't, we don't. and we may never actually heal, but we never grow, and we never go beyond where we're actually at. Um, we'll always stay in that one place, right. and we're destined to repeat the things that made us that thing we don't like. At that point I stayed clean and sober for close to two years. Okay. Um, so she never
0: acknowledged it the nope. family meeting was a whole No, nope. uh, I graduated
1: okay. the treatment center okay. in spite of, of their, their uh, treatment and what have you and stayed clean. Oh I don't make sure this other camera goes on sorry about that.
0: <laughs> Pause and then we go to camera two here. I didn't even notice that when it comes. I know, right? I know. Cause we get so deep in conversation. It's so good. Okay, so we're on camera number two, finishing your story. <laughs> okay.
1: I stayed clean and sober for about two years. I've I've always stayed clean. Okay. From that point on, prescription medication has been taken as directed. Okay. And what have you. Okay. Um, I never really thought I had a problem with alcohol. Okay. I could take it or leave it. It was the drugs that were my thing. Right, so, right. you know, I began drinking socially. Okay. And... Here we go, I left husband number two 90 days after I got clean because he was still using and drinking. Okay. And got to that point that I told you I left California and moved to Michigan. Right. And started drinking socially and things were going well, met and married my third husband. Uh, Turned out to be the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes in my life. Never had been one for good good judgment when it came to the men I chose to be with. And I always believed in them and supported and pursued their goals. Um, It was a very tumultuous beginning to our marriage. And things had mellowed out for quite some time, but I had my mother's blinders on. And uh, I had denial going mm-hmm. on. And there were some things that happened at that point in time that my daughter was taken from my custody mm-hmm. at seven days before her 14th birthday. Wow. Had, I've never seen her since. I have not heard her voice since then. It took a long time for me to be able to move beyond that two years after she was removed from my custody my son was killed in Iraq she was taken in January of 2005 and Daniel was killed Mother's Day weekend in 2007 that was my Mother's Day gift Saturday morning or Saturday night was finding out that my son had been killed so in two years, my entire world ceased to exist. And at this point, I'm still not drinking a lot. You, you know, drink, I wouldn't drink during the week. Drinking was for the weekend. Sure. And what have you. And, so, and when one didn't relapse to cope. Um, I didn't know anybody out here to get that
3: stuff. I didn't want it so badly
1: that. that that's why I moved out here, okay. was to not have those connections. Right. So that it was much more difficult to relax. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff, filler stuff that happened along the way that I haven't gotten into. That's fine. uh, So where do you go from there? Well, (laughs) little side story here. When my daughter was taken from me and I'm divorcing my third husband, I hook up with my fourth. Who, in all honesty was a uh, security latch. Mm. My son was getting ready to graduate high school. My daughter was no longer coming home and I for the first time in my life was facing being on my own, Mm. alone. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Mm. I was paralyzed in fear. I was taking Xanax like it was candy from the panic attacks with everything going on. And I latched on to my fourth husband, and that was a security blanket out of fear and desperation, so that I wouldn't have to be alone. And I did him a terrible disservice as well as myself. Um, I've never actually admitted this openly, and this seems like a fitting place. He was in Iraq at the same time my son was, Mm. and I stepped out on him in that marriage. An affair, mm. and with the man who is now my fifth husband, mm. and you were always seeking and searching. You know, I'm seeking something. acceptance, yeah. seeking love, yes. longing, and I didn't know what any of those things sure, were. Sure, sure. I knew how to give that stuff, yeah, but I didn't know what it felt like to receive it. Mm. You know, um, love wasn't something that. The love I know now isn't something that I ever experienced growing up. Mm. In my life, if somebody was sleeping with you, if you were sexual with somebody, that was love. Right. That's what I got taught. Mm. And I, I learned so much over the years about what it is and what it isn't. And you know, at the point in time that my daughter was taken away, I had been going to church. I had been faithful. I had a prayer and a devotion life, and I was just so embedded. And there were some things that happened at that point in time that caused me to turn away from the church, not God, right? But to turn away from the church. Sure. Um, certain things that occurred. Of well, if this is what the church has for me, I don't need it. Right. Gotcha. Because these people are supposed to be people of God that have—I can't say assaulted, but they betrayed me. Mm. And maybe that's the word I was looking for earlier oh, when yeah. it came to my third husband. Yeah, he betrayed my trust. Right. In gotcha. In such a way that while I have found forgiveness, I still have bitterness. Oh, okay. Um, okay. and the same thing with these. Uh, you know and if this is what the church has for me that in my darkest moment Mm. the church is going to turn its back on me Mm. and is going to label me as that leper Mm. that is not worthy of god's forgiveness and peace much less the love that i was told i could find at church i didn't need church Mm. i got god i got jesus i got the holy ghost i got my bible i'm good I, I don't need
0: what what point did you find, find what point did you start the relationship with God? Because you were in the midst of okay, so you were you were, you were at the fourth marriage, you stepped out, then you met your fifth uh, gonna be future husband. When at what point did you all I share God together
1: or how that worked? My my journey into finding God has happened sporadically throughout my life okay we would go to church when I was a kid okay. my dad actually became a Sunday school teacher at one point and then okay. dad decided being Baptist wasn't good enough he had us okay. baptized as Mormons then that wasn't good we we stopped going to church there we I mean it was on again off again okay um, my serious current journey began the day my son was killed Oh, okay. My husband at the time was yep. in Iraq. Okay, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. I had been going out with my current husband yep. on the weekends. Okay. And he had been bugging me to come to church. Okay. And I'm like, you know, and this is, this is going on two years after I had lost my daughter. I'm like, you know what, it, over two years. And I'm like, I don't need church. I'm done with church. I'm done with ministers. I'm done with so-called godly people. I'm not doing this. Right. And I finally decided this particular night, it was the day before Mother's Day, that I, fine, if it'll shut you up, I'll go. And that night, sitting at TBC, and I can't tell you what Pastor Jeff preached on that night. Right. But I ended up recommitting myself that night. Wow. Not knowing that an hour and a half after I walked out of that church, I was going to get the phone call from my son's wife to tell me he was dead. Wow. <sighs> Sorry. Mm. Mm-mm. I was sitting in it's Family fairs parking lot in Hastings now. Um, my husband had, uh, and I had gone up to. Well, he wasn't my husband at the time. <laughs> hard to knots,
0: I know, right? it, it, it is <laughs> admittedly it is we can laugh about this
1: now um yeah i can laugh about it now but
2: it's <laughs> um, funny
1: you know it wasn't funny in the moment no but of it's course of funny to look back on
0: right it. of course of course
1: and we had gone up to gaylord or i had gone up to gaylord on friday okay to go and pick up my uh, fifth husband's mother and bring her down and spend Mother's Day weekend with him. As his car wouldn't make it up there. He had a blonde head gasket. He couldn't go much more than a couple of miles. I didn't have anything to do, so I went up and got her and brought her down and we had all gone to church. And as always she wanted to uh oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I I we had she wanted to go it was Plum's Market. Okay back then. So I'm sitting in the parking lot. We had just had dinner at Applebee's and I noticed on my phone that you know, my husband or my son's wife had called. Him. Okay. So I, I told him, I said, You go ahead and take your mom into the store, do what she's gotta do, I'll call her awesome. back yep. and find out what's going on. They made it two parking spaces away before I was screaming bloody murder. Oh my
3: gosh.
1: Now a little backstory on this. I had just gotten word that week that my dad was in the hospital for an accidental morphine overdose. Oh wow. And I had my husband, whose name began with D A, in Iraq. My son, Daniel, was in Iraq. And when I called my stepdaughter, I'm like, hey, what's up? Well, don't you know? Haven't you heard they've been looking the Martians have been looking for you all day? And my heart sunk because there was a joke between my uh, husband, my son, and I. That if the Martians came looking for me, one of them was dead.
3: Mm. You, know what you call them Marsh,
1: what? Martians. Martians. Because when when the military makes that notification, they're wearing their dress green uniforms. Okay. So in order to lighten the mood in the moment we had our discussions about this, it was okay. my son said, Hey, mom, if the Martians ever come looking for you, you know, I bought it. Oh, okay, So, you know, here, his wife tells me, you know, the Martians have been looking for you all day. And I said, what do you mean? It's not clicking No. at course. that point. I've got this weird feeling in my chest, but it's not clicking. And she says, gone he's dead and I'm like what are you talking about this had better be a prank this is not something you tell me the day before Mother's Day and she says I wish it was a joke but it's not he's gone and I just started
3: screaming
1: blind he's still here I can, in your head? I can still hear it I can, I can't I didn't realize that that scream was coming from me but I I, I still hear it and uh, the guy I was seeing left his mom standing two parking I mean, this all happened in sure. rapid succession. She was two parking spaces away when he came running back to the car. Wow. And I'm just sitting there going, da 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 And He's looking at me, and he says is it daddy, and I shook my head, and he said David, and I shook my head And he says Daniel, and all I could say was gone Wow, and I just got what he has determined is this thousand-yard stare Mm. And I'm on the phone and the next thing I hear her say is you know he split his life insurance between us, right? I don't care about that in this moment right. and, and you know i i said yeah i knew that but that's not important what do you mean he's gone what happened right 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 and i did not get any details on that until three years later wow wow so this night of epiphany of coming back to god was challenged yeah i totally feel this was satan's challenge oh yeah of let's see how tight you really are. Let me throw this in your lap. And how I made it through. You're a warrior through. girl. You are a warrior. <laughs> through and
0: through. Wow. I'm still not done with the horror stuff. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> know. That is unbelievable. How, how I made it. That is unbelievable. I don't know why this thing keeps shutting off. I'm kind of not happy with this. So I'm, thankfully I've got it on this recording. At least okay. we got it there and I'll save it on there. But good gracious. A good thing I did that. Okay. I don't know what's going on.
1: I still, uh, you know, how I made it through the next year, I've got no clue. I've got sporadic memories in there, but I don't remember a whole lot. Wow. You know, the, la- the last thing I ever thought I would do was sit in the front row at a funeral and receive a folded flag.
3: Mm.
1: And uh, I still have a flag. And it's in. It's in the official military case and all of that, it's probably displayed at home. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, my fourth husband and I, David, and I had gotten in huge arguments.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I never openly admitted to him that I had had the affair, but mm-hmm. he knew. Yeah. And uh, he, in this one particular night during the argument, he called me a worthless, one expletive I won't even describe Yeah. because it's the one we really don't like, <laughs> right. Um tramp and a whore. And so sorry. I told him that was it. I was done. I was walking out for the night. Yeah. I wasn't continuing this. And I went and stayed away for the night. Yeah. And when I went back the next day... I told him I would stay long enough to get through my son's funeral because my mother and her um, husband were coming for the funeral as well as my sister and my nephew. And that after when they left to get on their plane to go back home to California, I was leaving and not coming back. Because as I'm walking away that night from the argument, he is screaming at me across the street to enjoy my new life and my son's mFA money too. And I told him when I went back the next day, you have no right. Did I make mistakes? Absolutely. Did I do things that were disrespectful to you? Yes. You have no right, number one, to call me names. Regardless of my actions, name calling is not acceptable. And number two, how dare you use my son's death as a weapon against me and my son's generosity as a weapon against me? Those are deal breakers. Mm -hmm. So I left, and uh, true to form, I, along the way, had this relationship in the wings. right? Little did I know that that was the relationship that was meant I was still married to my third husband when I met him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that instant that I saw him, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Hmm. I hadn't even met him, didn't know his name. I just saw him across the street. Right, right. And it was one of those, that's it.
3: Hmm.
1: But then but you it, dismissed it. But Actually, I, I, know did, you know, I dismissed mm-hmm. it, you're married, you got family, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. no. Well, lo and behold, here we are several years later. So, Harvey had said, if anything had ever happened between David and I, that I was welcome to come home. Mm. So I did. Mm. Okay. And over the next several years, uh, I worked on keeping my promises to my son. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Before he left, he told me he only asked three things of me. Okay. If he didn't make it home. One, I would always make sure to have a good roof over my head. Okay. Two, I would always have a decent car. Not just a winner beater or something to get me from point A to B, but something I could go anywhere I needed to go and not worry. Okay. And three, he says, I know you're going to be torn up, but don't stay torn up. Mm -hmm. Get off your butt and go make something of yourself. I know you can. I know you'll be good at whatever you decide to do. Get off your butt and go back to school like you've always wanted. And it took a long time. It took, it took at least three years. Wow. Um, I immediately, when Harvey and I decided to get married, um, I asked him to let me pay off the house. So I took some of my son's money and I did that. And, and I paid off my car note.
3: Because you okay. had these
1: thoughts of him Saying those things. And it was like an honor in a way. Well, and I told my husband, I said, I have to do this in order to keep my promise to Yes, yes, okay. And the last one was yet to be done. And in 2010, I went back to school and I got my CNA certification as a certified nursing assistant. I'd done the work off and on for years. In and amongst the drug addiction and all the chaos. I'd also Uh, hired out as private home health aide and things like that. As well as other little jobs. And that was the one thing that captured my heart was getting a care provider, still does, to this day. And I went and got my CNA certification. Okay, I figured I have kept all three promises. And then, as the years went on, the drinking got worse Mm -hmm. and worse and worse. Not wanting to feel. Feeling too much. It's... Numbing yourself again, right? I wasn't even numbing. I was just trying to obliterate. Oh, wow. I had gotten to the point that I was blacking out on a daily basis. I was drinking a gallon and a half a week Um, at least if not more I, I lost track of how much I was drinking and I did that for years and I still maintained my job as a nursing assistant in a federal facility I never went to work drunk I never went to work loaded that would start the minute I got off of work or the second I got home. And I would drink myself into obliteration until I literally fell in the bed and passed out to get up and do it all over again. Mm. I got to where I didn't remember the terrible, horrible, mean, horrible, mean, awful things I was saying to my husband.
3: Mm.
1: Harvey and I got married in uh, May of 2008. Mm-hmm. and eight, and. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. the things I was saying to him, doing to him, mm-hmm.
3: um,
1: I would, I would, it would be like a switch flipped, and the Jekyll and Hyde you always hear about, mm-hmm. and that evil side of me, that yeah. mean pent-up anger from mm-hmm. my entire life. All side the mean, baggage probably would come out, right? All <laughs> my baggage came out. <laughs> right. And it's all oh, your fault. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, mm-hmm. pick on those little. Then you dismissed it. it. But I, I did, you know, dismissed. I dismissed it. You. Mm-hmm. You're married. You got a family. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. No. Well, lo and behold, here we are, several years later. So, Harvey had said, if anything had ever. happened, Over the next several years, uh, I worked on keeping my promises to my son. Mm -hmm. Before he left, he told me he only asked three things of me. Okay. If he didn't make it home. Mm -hmm. One, I would always make sure to have a good roof over my head. Two, I would always have a decent car. Not just a winter beater or something to get me from point A to B, but something I could go anywhere I needed to go and not worry, okay? And three, he says, I know you're going to be torn up, but don't stay torn up. Get off your butt and go make something of yourself. I know you can. I know you'll be good at whatever you decide to do. Get off your butt and go back to school like you've always wanted. And it took a long time. It took took at least three years. I immediately, when Harvey and I decided to get married, um, I asked him to let me pay off the house. So I took some of my son's money and I did that, okay. and I paid off my car note. Good. Did you and have these thoughts of him saying I'm, those things? It was like and an honor, and all I, I, Well Well, and I told my husband, I said I have to do this yeah. in order to keep my promise yes. to Daniel. Yes. Yes. Okay. And the last one was yet to be done, and. 2010, I went back to school and I got my CNA certification as a certified nursing assistant. I'd done the work off and on for years, yeah. in and amongst the drug addiction and right. all now, the chaos. I'd also God. hired out as a private home health aide and things like that, Amazing. as well as other little jobs. And that was the one thing that captured my heart was okay. being a care provider. Yeah. still does to yes. this day. And I went and got my CNA certification okay I figured I have kept all three promises and then as the years went on the drinking got worse Mm. and worse and worse Um, not wanting to feel feeling too much it's
0: numbing yourself again right I wasn't even numbing
1: That I was blacking out on a daily basis. I was drinking a gallon and a half of hard liquor a week. Oh my gosh. Um, at least, if not more, I, I lost track of how much I was drinking. And I did that for years. And I still maintained my job as a nursing assistant in a federal facility. I never went to work drunk. I never went to work loaded. That would start the minute I got off of work or the second I got home. And I would drink myself into obliteration until I literally fell in the bed and passed out to get up and do it all over again. Hmm. I got to where I didn't remember the terrible, horrible, mean, awful things I was saying to my husband. Hmm. Harvey and I got married and... May of 2008 Mm -hmm. and uh, I couldn't remember the things I was saying to him, doing to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would, it would be like a switch flipped and the Jekyll and Hyde you always hear about Mm -hmm. and that evil side of me, that mean pent-up anger from my entire life. All the baggage anyway, probably come out, right? All <laughs> my baggage came out. <laughs> right. And it's all oh. your fault. No, you know? I mean, that's exactly. What you that on, exa- right? um, exactly. And I mm. mean, pick on those little things that had happened between us even years ago. Wow. And I would throw them at him as weapons and daggers. And I just couldn't believe I was that person. You know, for years, I had spent a lot of time being the person that helped somebody go to rehab, I wasn't the one that needed it. Right. And, uh, sometime in November, I decided that I didn't need to be drinking anymore. I'd known I had a problem for a lot of years. Okay. And I knew something needed to be done, but I didn't want to do anything yet. Okay. Because if I do something, I've got to feel this stuff. And feelings are scary. Absolutely, Especially some of the really deep-rooted stuff when it came to my kids.
3: Yeah, yes.
1: And uh, on this one particular, I had the night off. On this one particular day, I decided enough was enough. I wasn't doing this anymore. And typically, I would get out of work and I'd come home and I'd They weren't weak drinks either, mind you. I would have three or four very, very stout beverages. Mm. And this particular night, by six o'clock at the night, I was sweating without sweating. Mm. I was hot and cold at the same time. Mm. I had uh, chills without being cold. Mm. Uh, My stomach was upset. I was shaking. And I'm like, no. I'm I'm not going to do this and I did it anyway and as soon as I took the first sip and it made it to my stomach off of that beverage that I mixed it all went away. I quit shaking, I quit having the upset stomach, I was back to feeling typical. Again I don't use the n-word, normal. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. Mm. I was in some serious trouble. If one sick could calm all of that, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. it was okay. It's physical withdrawal symptoms. And you're at a point you've never been before. Mm. And this is going to be scary. Mm. And I drank that night. I missed work the next night. Because again, I was trying not to drink, mm-hmm. and was drunk sick. Mm-hmm. I called the doctor's office and was advised not to just quit drinking. That I had drank because so it can much. Kill you. Exactly, yeah. I had drank for so much for so long. I was yeah. at an extreme risk for yes. a stroke, heart yes. attack, epileptic or seizures, seizures makes whatever. sense. right. Um, it doesn't make
0: sense that if you quit
1: cold turkey with alcohol, but you
0: can't.
1: Uh, and yeah, you know. And it does make sense because the body has become dependent. Right, absolutely. For so long that yes. to take that chemical completely that it's away. dependent right. on away is a shock to the system. And your cardiovascular system and the neurotransmitters in your body and your physical body can't handle that stress mm. of not having that chemical agent anymore. So I was advised not to completely quit drinking. Well,. I didn't and the Sunday after Thanksgiving I ended up in uh, the emergency room with alcohol induced hysteria. I learned that night what blind drunk was. Hmm. I had completely freaked out I guess I still don't know Okay, I still can't remember what led up to that point I left the house that day to go get my nails done and I Remember getting my nails done and buying a bottle of alcohol to take home. And the next thing I remember, I don't even remember pouring a drink. Huh. The next thing I remember is I think I was sitting in my bedroom. My husband was sitting next to me and I could hear his voice ask me if I was ready to go to the ER. But I couldn't see anything. I couldn't tell you what my answer was. And I remember hearing, screaming, and seeing these things occur as if it was a dream, only to find out from my husband later, no, that was you on. That was our trip. I, I guess I stayed nice and calm from our place into and it, going up the road until we got to where the lights of Hastings hit me in the ice, and I lost it. I freaked out to the point he thought I was going to bail out of the car door doing 45-50 miles an hour because I was so wild and uh, combative. Long story short that continued until uh, after I got taken back into the examination room and I came to my senses my memory began to kick in and realization began as they are hooking me up to an IV and giving me an entire milligram of Advil, And I am being so rude and so mean and so terrible. I am a healthcare professional. I am in the emergency room with these nurses and I'm calling them everything but human beings. Mm. And fighting them. and yelling at him because the gown they put me in was for some big fat person. It's not for me. I was a little itty-bitty thing. And it was just crazy. Wow. And I had already scheduled a doctor's appointment for myself for Monday because I knew I needed rehab. And I was going to ask her help to get there. And we got home that morning and my husband was rightfully so upset and distraught and I don't know if he was angry or just disappointed or embarrassed or all of it Any or all of it. He had every right to be. Yeah And uh, It had gotten even to the point that I had been hiding pot bottles full of alcohol in my bedroom and I would take a pop to bed with me. Right. So You weren't fooling anybody. <laughs> Actually, I did have him fold. You did? He did oh, not really? know I was drinking as much how'd as you, I was. Because you do, you, how did you cover it? I was what was called a highly functioning alcoholic. He thought what he was seeing me drink is what I was drinking. He did not oh. know that I was keeping a stash. Oh, wow. Until that day that I went to go get my nails done, he knew something wasn't quite adding up, and he went up into my room and discovered, What he never discovered, and I told him later, was the several bottles of mixed cocktails that were in my scrub coat jackets up against the wall. Mm. So all I had to do (sighs) when I went to bed was go grab one. I always had them. So if he thought I was out, I knew I wasn't. Right. And that began my last five years of journey. Yeah. And uh, pulled me even deeper into scripture and meditation and um, trying to find that place where I was comfortable in my own skin. Right. Quite truthfully I'm still not a lot of the time. Right. but I'm in a much better place Good. than I've ever Good. been before. Good. Hallelujah. Wow. That two weeks I spent at rehab, I walked into the rehabilitation center uh, being given phenobarbital with my withdrawal symptoms and to help prevent that heart attack stroke procedure Mm -hmm. and I spent the first three days which they give you for a detox period bawling and crying scared embarrassed humiliated Mm -hmm. that I had gotten to this point I'm the person that helps people get here I don't go there right and by the time that two-week journey was over and I should have brought in my journal "Ah, I should have brought in my journal that I kept so at that point because there were homework assignments we had to do and I had to write yeah. myself two obituaries. Mm-hmm. One in the event I relapsed mm-hmm. and died of my alcoholism disease, and one in the event that I did not. I should have mm-hmm. brought that. That's okay. I still okay. I can't even think about it without getting weepy because okay. I, I made wow. my entire session private. And the therapist was just astounded at the rawness that was there Um, and I have come out on the positive side of that I haven't made uh, the registered nurse that I described in uh, my obituary I did however a year ago graduate college as a medical assistant from a CNA good and Last month, I just graduated college with my associate's degree in applied sciences as a CNA. Good. I managed to obtain my associate's degree with a perfect 4.0 grade point average while working full-time. Wow, congratulations. And and taking care of Mama Jerry, helping take care of her. So I'm I'm very proud of myself at this point for those
0: accomplishments. Yeah. Because um, all three things now, you're like checked off that your
1: son asked and, you to And anything. I've added more to it. I'm sure. I've I, added more to it because I went amazing. beyond just doing something. And I did something I never thought I would do, and I've gotten a college degree. That is amazing. Um, I spent 15 days in that rehab, and I was more scared, embarrassed, and humiliated to leave than I was to go in. Huh. Because while I was there, it was easy to stay sober. It sure. was easy to talk it. It was easy right. to walk it. I'm protected. Yes, but it doesn't get in here. Right, true. And then now I've got to go out into the real world. <laughs> right, and nice praise it. God, I have managed to stay sober for wow. five years. Yay! Congratulations. On and I I am just beyond excited to see what the rest of my that's right, and now you could just share the story. Yeah. You shared it with everybody. I'm it's sure so there's exciting. gotta be somebody out there who felt or still feels just as dark and yep. hopeless and helpless and unlovable and unworthy and dirty, filthy yeah. below below anything. able to be reached or found by God's grace or the love of Jesus that the Holy Spirit couldn't possibly ignite a fire in their heart because it's nothing. Right. And I'm living
3: proof that they can. That's right. Absolutely. I am that
1: walking miracle. You are. Absolutely. You know, one of the hardest things for me to do is tell Mama Jerry I was drunk. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yep.
1: Sure. You know, and we both know Mama Jerry and me Love of Jesus, she has in her heart, and this we oftentimes have this fallacy, this uh, foible of believing a fallacy that this person is so up there that they couldn't possibly understand where right. I am. Right, and to have her just envelop me, right, in it's arms beautiful. of love and say, Right,
3: you're love one you of me. Right. right,
1: right, I love you where you are, I love that's you where you've been, I love you where, where you're be. going, right. And she has been one of my huge rocks oh, throughout amazing. this journey. Adonance. Between her and Harvey, I don't know that I would make made
3: it. Wow.
1: And I'll be that's honest, it. there's times that that rum and coke still sounds good. Right, absolutely. You know, I, I still would like to be able to. Yeah. I don't. No right. But I'd love to. They say it ever goes away. Some people say they're cured mm-hmm. or that they have recovered, that they don't even want it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't find that place. Mm. I will always be recovering. Mm-hmm. Because quite truthfully I enjoy a drink every now yeah. and then. Right. But I don't know as if I could enjoy it without the chaos and the trauma again.
0: And So you can't you've not drinken for five years, not right. even touched it. Right. You know that you can't.
1: Right. Good. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Okay. I know I shouldn't. My brain still hasn't wrapped around the I can't. Okay. Um, I still have the thought process of well maybe. Maybe. (laughs) You know, and then I I try to make myself think it through to let's look at what happened last time you what if. And I don't know if I would live through another recovery or not. Or if I would even make it to recovery. Right. So
0: as the warrior and, and your spirit, heart, mind, and body, you how, how do you now currently fuel yourself? Or how do you every day as a warrior with, with God and your spirit, like what do you do? What kind of things do you do to uh, build I, your spirit so that you cannot go back to that right. place?
1: Uh, it takes me a few minutes each morning. I'm not one of those people that I lay in bed and deep in prayer and right. then get up and right. get going. I have to get up and get going the minute the alarm clock goes off. Okay. So in the car on my way to work, Nice. And I've got the Christian radio station on. And every morning it never fails. They play a song that speaks to me that day. I love it. Right. You know, and as I'm starting the car and freezing and shivering. <laughs> yeah. You don't start it ahead of so time and run back inside? Oh, well, I do that <laughs> okay, too. Yeah. Some, I usually don't have enough time right. from when I started it until right. I get back in the car. So, you know... My prayer is, Lord, let this radio station speak to me again this morning, as it always does. Yeah. And it never fails. They play at least one song that just speaks right directly to my heart and my spirit that day. Awesome. And as a matter of fact, the other day, I think it was Thursday, Okay. I heard one for the first time. I can't remember who did it. Okay. But it's a brand new song that was just released out called, I Need a Ghost. Oh, that's uh, okay. Now I see his
0: face. That's uh, David. Hold on. It's not David Gogi. No, not David. No, that'd be. Uh, that's um, Danny Gokey. Oh, yeah, um Danny. Okay, so hold on. Um, I need a ghost. Okay, no, is it? Um, okay, so he goes to Passion City Church, and uh, I can see his face. I cannot read David Crowder? That. Is it David Crowder? No, no. Okay, so there's I, I feel like that. he is a ghost one too. So but this he does, is another but this artist. Is a okay. new one I know this song them. though, but I just am sorry and I can't not was the artist.
1: Oh you put it, it up there. I'll it give it my talks idea. about uh I need a holy ghost a yeah. fire in my soul. Yeah. I, and I, it I goes can't. on to describe what I can only envision as the tons of fire on the head of the people at the day of Pentecost. Okay, gotcha. And that song spoke to Powerful. me in such a way that I, I had an energy I haven't had throughout my workday in a long time. Wow. And I love music how that never ceases, ceases to inspire me. That's awesome. It has built me up. It has torn me down and then built me up again.
3: Yeah.
1: And I find a new, refreshing beginning to my day every day in those words of those songs. Uh, another one of my absolute favorites is Waymaker. Yep. Gotcha. You know when it talks about being the miracle worker. Yeah. I am the miracle. Uh, right. <laughs> I am the miracle. He worked. Yes. He kept his promise from yes. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He did have plans to prosper me and not harm me. I'm here and because of that. And yeah. a living, breathing success to His word. Right. Absolutely. Um. And the one that really spoke to me last year. And it still speaks to me every time I hear it. Is for king and countries burn the ships. I Wasn't that king know. and country that did that? I don't know if I don't know that one. Believe it or yeah. not, I don't know that one. So part of the chorus. I it, but I don't. Know part, part of way. the chorus. So take the pills and flush the beers. I don't know this. Make the t- uh, and, and it and it's it's. Um, I've seen Burn, the, ship, burn the ships, okay. cut the ties. Huh.
0: Oh, okay, and it's, okay, and, it, and it's, is it more poppy than slow? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I and you know, you know, and it's, you
1: know, how did we get here wow. among the waves,
3: you know, and, and I
1: can't, I, I could sing it right along with it every time. Like, right, right, I right, know, right, I can't I have it, right. words. I know, right. I know. It, it is just That's this beautiful awful. song of, mm. uh, you know, flush the pills and face the fears. Wow, that's amazing. And rising up in the spirit. And one, when I got clean off of drugs, my anthem at that point in time was, uh, I'm dating myself and I don't care, the old Kansas song, Carry On, Wayward Son.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And the song begins of, once I rose above the noise and confusion, just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion. I was soaring ever higher, but I flew too high, Mm -hmm. and uh, now my eyes can see that, you know, uh, what is it, it was, it talks about being a madman and a sad man, and uh, um, I hear the voices when I'm dreaming, and I can hear them say, carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't cry no more. And that song was my anthem for 27 years of wow. staying clean. Wow. And uh, there, there's so much music that has- That's amazing. That, that has shaped my life. Yeah. And it's come from all different kinds of music, from 80s rock and pop, to the classics, to Christian music, and you know, all of it builds me up and gives me strength in a way that I know God is working for me. That's
0: awesome.
3: You know, and, so, and
0: for your heart, though, like, do you think that you give, do you think you're, you're part of your
1: caregiving is how you give back? It is. Because you are it part is. of this
0: with the, yeah.
1: It is. I, get, I give back between being a caregiver and a medical okay. assistant in a dermatology office and, okay, good. To um, even writing poetry. Ooh. That's a great way to get that in, in motion. My greatest work of poetry ever is on display at War Memorial Park, or at Titan Park at the War Memorial in Hastings.
0: Well, we, just, that's right over here. So, it yeah, so what, is, what does it say?
1: Um, it is a poem that I wrote huh. dedicated to all Gold Star family members. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. You know, Gold Star parents. Are, and family members have lost an immediate family member. Yes, I know of
0: one in my um, head, I'm thinking of one. Ms. Linda. Yes, you might Linda Curtis. Her. Yes, you know her. I yep. know
1: her quite well. As a matter yep. of fact, she was with me on the day of dedication of this. Okay, okay. Um, I wrote the poem that is on the Gold Star War family memorial at, at the War Memorial. In I'll have start. to look at it.
0: Okay, And
1: That's amazing. Um, I I can't remember the exact words of 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 it now, if I had my phone on me, I could read it to you. But uh, this poem is my dedication of what we as Gold Star family members are. Wow. My heart to them. Wow. And uh, so between my writing and the music that I listen to, I am constantly, you know, refreshing my spirit in yes. some way, in a positive way. Yes. and your mind, and, and your writing. That's and there, there are days that that doesn't happen. No, of course, of course. You know, sometimes the best thing I can do to keep my mind engaged after work is to sit down and do a match-three puzzle game on a right? computer. okay. Or play a game of cribbage on a computer. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, but there, there's always something I'm doing to where
0: your life experiences have gotten you where you can make that, put that on paper, and that's how even songwriters, a lot of it's them with their past experiences that they've gone through, right? And right, right. Like that's kind
1: of part of what you've been doing through poems. You know, and, and um, I'm, I'm still not real good at dealing with
3: emotion. Okay. I,
1: I still have a tendency to shut them down shut them off. Mm. Um, I cry, but I don't let it go too far. I flip that switch before it gets to a certain point that I feel is unacceptable. I was raised that don't don't show weakness. Anger mm-hmm. is okay. But if you're happy or crying, mm-hmm. those are weak things. Mm-hmm. And people are going to use those against you. Mm-hmm. So actually displaying those things is still, at 52 years of age, very difficult right. for me. I know they're okay. Yeah. My mind tells me they're okay.
0: Right. It wasn't better than you But like, then yeah. again, that
1: switch flips without me even thinking. So that's one of my biggest prayers is, yes Lord, help me know that vulnerability is okay. And this is one of those steps. Thank you for inviting yay. me. Because I'm so glad that you did you know, when, when you me. first said something about it, I went, all oh, right. Oh, crap. All oh, right. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. You know, it, it was an exciting thing to think that I could use my life to inspire somebody else to say, mm-hmm. you know, right? thanking they can get here, right? Whether man, woman, or child, nothing sure. is so dirty here. You can't rise above it, and there's always people willing to help. Yes. I'm one of them. Yes, you I know, know. I, there there are so many kids that my son went to school with that still call me mom, oh. that still come to me for advice or nice. what have nice. you. Nice. Uh, one young lady from uh, my associate's degree program, Okay. and it was an all online program. Okay. She has latched on to me as what she calls mama bear. Oh, and sweet. we still converse and talk quite a Good. bit.
3: Good, So I love
1: we, hearing about the blessings, you know, beauty from the ashes. Exactly. Right? And, you know, my son's senior quote was so prophetic. I uh, know that you mentioned beauty from ashes. Yeah? Two years okay. before he was killed. Okay. His senior quote is, Death is like that, from a ph- that of a phoenix. From death wow. rises from... From the ashes of death rises great power, Mm. and I actually envision myself as that phoenix. I plunged to that fiery death, and the rebirth that I have now Mm. is more beautiful than anything I've ever was before. Wow, Mm. that is beautiful. And I hope to continuously Mm. yes dive into that fiery death and come back out more refined and more beautiful, inside or out. Mainly inside. Yes. I don't care what this is. Right.
0: Because the inside will come out. You know, out this, this right. might
1: be appealing for you to look at, but it's absolutely horrible if what's inside Isn't, mm-hmm, is not dark and ugly. And right.
3: Absolutely.
1: So without the inner beauty, this means nothing. That's right. So true. Wow. And I try to work on that every day, Good a true. little at a time,
0: every day. This has been such a joy. I really appreciate this. And the fact that you get to share everything and and take that vulnerability. And, and that I still look at the high point. I know, right? <laughs> you did amazing. And that's really good because I know there's a lot to, it's a lot. I mean, if you talk about 52 years worth of your life, it's way more than an hour's worth. We know that. Okay. But just that you gave this much then we can help some, some people. And we've got people here watching. I can read them to you <laughs> yeah. of who is watching. So thank you all for being a part of this. I'm so excited. Look at all these names here, girl. Oh, my
1: gosh. I know. I didn't li- even know we were live streaming. Oh, yes, we did
0: today. Um, I'm glad I did because if I wouldn't have, these cameras kind of got funky. i got to figure that out. So we've got Miss Elizabeth, who's a definitely a huge follower of ours. She's saying a lot of comments. So that might be really good to read back these later because I can't read them all right now. But then yeah, got Yes, for sure. Oh, my goodness gracious. So she's got a lot of response to you we got a couple people vicky miss susan's on here you see some different names on here so fabulous well,
1: well you know I'm... harvey and i have now uh this year we're coming up on 13 years of oh
0: wonderful is that is that the longest you've been married not be disrespectful it is. but i'm just asking my
1: first marriage was nine months okay my second marriage my first two mind you i got married because i was pregnant okay gotcha. gotcha um i married him in 1990 we divorced or I left him in '93. My uh, third marriage was the longest at that point in time. That lasted almost eight years. Wow. My fourth marriage barely made it past a year, and now I'm at thirteen years. Thank you. All right, Good our show, girlfriend, <laughs> and this is the one you're gonna stay with until the day you die. I told I'm kind it. Until day he dies, I die. We're right, old, and, and you know we. I'm not saying we'll stay together, but I'll never divorce again. Yeah. You know, yeah. there there's always the possibility things could happen, but I already told him when we decided to get married, I will never sign divorce papers ever again. You're either going to be happy and old with me, unhappy and old with me, or unhappy and old by yourself. <laughs> <I've> never decided <laughs> Pick divorce
0: it off, One of those three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get off here. All right. and I love chatting with you. Thank you so much for watching Mug Monday. I